Welcome back to the Monica Matthews Show, Life, Love, and Liberty. We are on the final episode of the indoctrination of your children nationally in both private and the public school setting. Today we're going to hear from psychologists, people who are also in the legal field, who are actually of the uh, left persuasion politically, Uh, atheists, agnostics, you name it, radical feminists. We've heard from everyone who is actually coalescing to protect our children and to ensure that this push to indoctrinate children nationally does not persist. So we've had a parent on with us yesterday who transitioned his daughter to a son. Uh, We heard a very passionate uh, uh, argument for why he and his family made that decision, uh, coming at it from uh, an atheistic standpoint, uh, as well as someone who looked to uh, psychologists uh, who were in favor of transitioning. Um, I believe this gentleman lived uh, lives in California, uh, and so the argument was was you know very personal. It was relative to his experience. I hope that he did exactly as I asked him to commit to doing and left our space in our conversation not feeling condemned by us, rather understanding that everyone deserves to have their own physical autonomy, uh, mental autonomy in the way of their expression and their ability to grow uh, unhindered, uh, not molested, and their ability to grow up and to mature, not only mentally, uh, spiritually, physically, emotionally, psychologically. So today we're going to discuss a term that many of you need to grab a hold of and understand what is really going on with the indoctrination push. I also hope that you've learned throughout this these episodes, this series, that um, this isn't about gay people wanting to... Um, transition your children to be gay. I really hope that we've covered that throughout our time together and will likely do so continuing into this final episode. But that's very important for you to understand because the push is for everyone to bite at each other, right? And for you to think that every homosexual is um, inclined to want to molest and otherwise malign the psyche of your children and the physiology of your children. And that is abjectly incorrect. That is just not true. So I do hope that you have taken that away from this conversation, but this gets really interesting regarding disembodiment. Okay. If you were to say, uh, here is a list of like 20 things that has happened in the last three years in America that, is reflective of the rampant indoctrination of children. Don't give me any example of like this teacher said this. I want to see 
an actual like, oh, this teacher was saying you need to transition or something that was it's it's more than like a bunch of teachers went to learn about weird we shit that I expert. agree with you. We have an what? expert in the chat. Great. We you, have an expert. You, we have an expert in the chat. Amy okay. is in the chat. Okay, where is Amy? Amy Sousa. She's a uh she's a, a psychologist. Or she yeah, she's a psychologist. Would, would Amy like chat. to come up and it will you say I, chat? Is she in the space? Oh, there's, I, I, okay. I, I am already. Hey Amy. Okay. Yeah, Amy, would you love to give us some um, information? I will and I'm an expert too. I just want you to know. Okay, excellent. Well hang tight, so Charlie. Hang tight. Okay. So first of all, uh everyone is a hundred percent fully sexed. Everyone is 100% fully embodied. Uh, We only experience the world through the site and location of our bodies. So the notion of trans is ultimately an ideology. It doesn't describe a kind of a person, like a tall person or a blind person or a male person, it ultimately only can describe an ideological position, um, which is ultimately a cult position, like Scientology. So just like Scientology has a disembodied way of looking at body thetans that attach to humans, uh, this this uh, trans has a disembodied way of looking at humans uh, as a way to say that humans are somehow disembodied from their primary experience. Our primary experience will always be through the site and location of our bodies. And what is happening in the schools, not just through the programming, the the curriculum, but this is happening through the curriculum. So we can start with the curriculum looking at how, um, for example, Tumblr, the the, uh, CEO of Tumblr got himself on the board of Planned Parenthood. Why? So Tumblr was a major site of where kids were learning about this ideology and beginning to transition. The CEO of Tumblr got himself on the board of Planned Parenthood. And all of a sudden, in 2009, we saw Planned Parenthood starting to change their major marketing from being about women's health into gender transition therapies. And as Gab said in this space, they have become the primary provider for wrong sex hormones for kids and puberty blockers for kids. They have then partnered with Glisten to get this ideology into the schools. This is very much a top-down ideology. This is very much, you can look at the 11th hour blog and a lot of the research is there. And you can see how this is top down. So this is not a movement that comes from a marginalized class, but this is a top down movement from billionaires like Jennifer Pitzker, like Martine Rothblatt. This is a $5.2 trillion industry, according to Out Leadership on their homepage of their website. You can find this information. So this is ultimately seeded into the culture from the top down. We see it in the curriculum. And we also see it in the way that teachers are grooming their students. So we, you can see it, you know, um, when teachers are using pronouns. Now, pronouns are not benign. 
pronouns are a way of grooming kids to dissociate from their primary instincts. So when teachers use pronouns for kids, including they, them, kids, what is happening when we, we have primary instincts. So our instincts are those basal ganglia recognitions. Those are fight flight. Those are food recognition. And those are sex recognition. Yeah, but that, I, I gotta, I gotta, these are billions of years old honed instincts. Yeah, but you're, you're conflating two things to confuse your audience to make it sound like you know what you're talking about. Okay. The fact of the matter, even Monica said that gender is societal gender she's not talking about sex she's talking about gender so when you say he him they them all of that is out from your base experience all Here's of that the thing. is a biological cre or a gender creation. is nothing gender is not a um scientifically verifiable thing it's a correct it, it's <laughs> there there is only my primary in my primary experience of my body so whatever your daughter is experiencing she is only ever experiencing her female lifelong physical developmental process that is the only physical developmental process she will ever experience. And to reduce my adult human female lifelong physical developmental process into an identity concept, that is dehumanizing, that is dissociative, that is compartmentalizing, and that is sexist at its core. My lifelong are physical, you saying your lifelong? Or? I am saying a woman's, a okay. woman's lifelong physical developmental process. It starts at birth. It ends in death. It is vast. That cannot okay. be reducible to an identity concept. That's not an identity. That is an experiential process that exists over a lifetime. Sure. There is but, nothing but any male human there is nothing any male human can do to place him closer to that. There is no way a male human so, can feel like or act like or behave like he has a developmental process organized around large immobile gametes. That is not an access. He has no access to that experience. Nor, no but, 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 wait, but, but so what though? You're, 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 it's like talking about you know, oranges tend to be the color orange. It's got nothing to do with what we're talking about. Yeah, you're absolutely right with what you're saying. But a, a, a beautiful woman is going to have a very different experience than a very average looking, according to society, woman. But, but the I mean, only way to be a woman. Experience is different. Yeah, you're talking so about what? feeling. That's She's talking woman, about every, something finite. Every, every woman's experience is different. And right. the only thing there are over 4 billion of us on the planet the only thing we have in common is a physical developmental process that is Wait. the only thing we have in common males have no access to that your daughter has no access to claim that she feels like a male she has no access to those feelings all emotions are human I the understand only what things, you're saying, and you're suggesting that the reason that they are framing it the way they are with the language is because they've been indoctrinated to think about it that way. They have. Well, great. And Amen. that's an indoctrination. And that yes. is but what I'm saying to you, though, is, is regardless of the way the, the, the English language frames it at any given time in society... <laughs> What David, David, were you about? on the debate team in high school? I mean, no. okay. <laughs> well, I'm glad because you're really bad at it. Two, look, I got to go and you got to go. It's your show. But there are two base things here. Number one thing is there are kids that are in pain 
and that are confused. Yes. Okay? Yeah, and here's we, the well, wait, a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We went, I'm a big believer in therapy. I'm a believer in what you do. Okay. I don't believe in religion. I do believe in therapy. Okay. And I'm telling you, we went that route. We went the psychiatrist. We went the psychologist. We went all over the place. Yeah, and the DSM and is a political document. Great, then fix it. But I, the, 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 the point is we, we went to many people who diagnosed it as an anxiety disorder, this, that, or the other. This brought relief to my son, okay? If it turns out in 10 years, 20 years, five years, five days, he's like, oh, crap, I did something wrong. Then you know what? We'll deal with that then, too. That's what families do. That's what parents do. That's what I imagine. Not if she wants to have babies, do. then she can't. She can totally have babies if she he he can totally have babies. Oh, David. What what do you mean? He's got a uterus. There David. is here's the thing. You are teaching your daughter to dissociate from her body. Why would you do that? Because your daughter's body is not an identity. Your daughter will never, ever be any closer okay. to being male from the day she was born. What she is I need, always what a female. To, Why are you? What is, you are teaching her is sexist. I you think, are teaching her that there is a role a function. Questions? Yeah, just a minute. Hold on. Go ahead. You are teaching her that there is a role function associated with being a woman or with being a man, and she wants to perform the role function of man. This is reductive. This is sexist. I, here, her humanity is holistic. Her humanity is always connected to her form and function. Wonderful. The what, form here, and function of the scientific classification of organisms only speaks to form and function. Why that. are you projecting? Why are you projecting <laughs> a narrow role onto her body? Why are not you not teaching her? Okay. Are you, can I answer your question? Sure. I Sure. I, you, you'd be a great therapist. <laughs> I am not projecting anything. I am saying, hey, you are. Okay, but I'm not. They come home. They say this is the problem. We spend over a year... With various therapists, various experts, various doctors. One year. One year. One year? Over a year David. with various experts. Okay. Here, but okay. Okay. Let me, let me ask okay. Monica a question. Because this is, honestly, I've been wanting to talk to someone like you for a while. Because end of the day, and again, like I said, you guys still haven't provided me the facts, and that's fine. Oh, Although, she did, though. But go ahead. She just yeah. offered you a ton of facts that I would Monica, never be able to Monica, offer come you. On, come on. Okay, I go ahead. For, let's be clear. Go I ahead. asked for... A, 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 a fact-based piece of evidence that there are an overwhelming number of these things happening in our country. Okay. I still, and you know what? I'll, I'll be, well, we have actually, but I'll be happy to send you some things and I'm sure Gabs would too. Okay. Go I ahead. I love that. Okay. But the bigger question though is let's assume we can't for the moment come to a conclusion. Let's assume that even though you think my way of loving my child uh, is is off and wrong and and but I think you know my heart's in the right place. Sure. I think you know that I'm not trying to hurt my kid. Sure. They have chosen different right. paths. Who knows? Right. And and same with Gab's kid. And okay. same with your grandkids. We're right. we're no, none of us think we're evil. Okay. But how do you recommend um, living in a world? Because unless we literally have a civil war, it's clear that you guys are entrenched and I'm entrenched, and that's fine. We but. Why, what do you think is going to, what is, what is the solve to this that is not 
picking up guns and or or having California and the East Coast, you know, become part of Canada. Sure. How do we get to a point where it's like, look, you know, some people believe in this, some people don't. We're just trying to get through the day. Okay, so you're asking a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ what I think the answer is. But you so, know that we don't all subscribe to okay, that. Okay, but gotta you get all into account. Okay. So, but you asked me what my, you asked me the question about what my opinion is and what my pathway forward is. And to me, the only uh, road to freedom, absolute freedom from disembodiment, from confusion, from strife, um, from hatred and fear of one another and ourselves, right? And complete misunderstanding, um, is through the cross of Christ to get to God. So I that's my answer. That's your view. But okay. I, I know, but that can't be your real answer. That's your oh, but no, it is. <laughs> Believe me, that is Here's the answer. Our bodies are also how we are. Our bodies are our primary alert system. Our pain pleasure responses, our pain pleasure responses and our human instincts, our evolutionary honed instincts, those are our safety mechanisms. So when I touch a hot pan and my hand recoils, my primary sensations are my safety mechanism. So our kids being able to accurately name reality around them, that is a primary safeguarding defense system that they have. So when these kids go into classrooms and they say, hey, you're a girl, and that teacher says, no, I'm a boy, or no, I'm a they, them, that teacher is coding them to dissociate and have a cognitive dissonance around their own bodies. So instead of being told, hey, I'm an authority, I can name my primary senses. I can name what I see. I can name what I hear. I am an authority on the world around me. Those kids are being taught that they must dissociate from their primary awarenesses, from their own bodies, and from their right. own sense perception okay. hey, and abuse. Yeah. Amy, hold on one second. You guys hold on one second. I do want to. Alpha has um, a question, and I and I would love to know what a uh, father uh, has to ask of another father with regard to this subject. So, Alpha, go ahead. Yeah, um, just to lay out my resume of fatherhood, uh, the daughter that's 22, and then my smallest daughter who's approaching 18 months, and a few that are in between, um, one boy. So just so everybody's wondering where I'm coming from. So I'm going to, I want to ask you some things, David, yeah. and if I don't want you to write them off as, Oh, it's extreme because I can give you real life examples. That would be great. Cause that's if, what I've been looking for for an hour. Okay. If your child or my child or anyone's child, and let's just say middle school age mm-hmm. or younger, or even high school said, you know, dad, you know, I'm, I'm attracted to adults. I'm attracted to my teacher. I want okay. to have an intimate relationship with my teacher because this happens. And parents it does. say, it does. parents tell them, listen, that ain't possible. They're an adult, you're a minor, and you have some kids that legitimately have to go through therapy to deal with it. So even though it may seem something like, oh, is this an adolescent hormonal thing? There are some kids that do result to things like um, infliction of self-pain, cutting their inner thighs. And the reason I'm telling you is I come from a law enforcement background where I've been called to these situations to do a, a 5150 evaluation on them. Okay. So you had these kids that did that. 
Now, if the parents didn't do it and said, told the child, listen, I understand you do believe you're an adult. You do believe you're responsible. You do believe you can operate in this atmosphere. So I'm going to let you go and have this intimate relationship with an adult. Would you think that that parent's doing the right thing? Uh, I, I would not, but I would also think that we currently have laws in place to, to, to make it clear that parents not doing the right but, thing. But, but let's, let, and I agree with you on the laws, but let's exclude laws and just talk about the fundamental choices that, that the parent would ultimately be doing agreeing with that child for the same reasons you are. No, that's, that's absolutely different. So, I look, so, I so look, then, and that's what I want to ask you. What do you think the difference between your scenario and that scenario is? The scenario that you're describing is a staggeringly unfair power disbalance between an adult and a child. Well, but sorry, but 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 there's plenty well, of people in this room. But hold on, there's plenty of these people in this room that would make the declaration to what you're saying. Yeah, there's plenty I'm, of people in this room that would make a lot of stupid declarations. I mean, that's well, let's hear what well, that's, so that's what I'm saying. So outside of <laughs> saying it's stupid, what I'm saying is. If that parent is using the same fundamental discretion that you are, just for a different decision that their child wants to make, what makes yours okay and theirs not? Outside the fact that we actually have a law in place for it. Well, because again, every situation is different. That's like saying what makes going to war in one case acceptable and going to war in another case not. It, you you got to look so at then, the So let me ask situation. you this. So then, so if the we made a law, that you're so, describing is not something i think is this is the same situation so so because so let me ask you then so because this situation there's a criminal law that forbids it then let me ask you this if there was a, a law that forbid a minor having their parents help them make them transition within you acknowledge that it's wrong then since there's a law in place no you're assuming that i'm saying the law that exists to stop minors from having sex with adults is the only reason i'm opposed to it I agree so what, with that law so then, because there is so, a, okay. So I get what you're saying. So let's 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 remove the parent from this equation. If uh-huh. that child is giving the same fundamental reasons to want to have an intimate relationship with an adult that your child is giving to have a transition, what makes your child right and that child wrong? Because my child is not the reasons are totally different. Well, well, give me an example of a same reason. My child is saying, your, okay, your child is saying, well, I'll, you give me a reason, I'll tell you if it applies. And I'll, and sure. I'll be fair. Okay, so my child is saying, saying that is the child old enough to make that decision? I know that the child is trying to, say, trying to, to frame decision. it as such, but he, the argument doesn't really make a lot of sense. But, but ultimately, though, again, my child didn't make the decision. I made the decision with the child's mother after consulting with numerous doctors numerous okay, so, so then so then we come back to bringing the parents into the formula so then well, if these parents so, so your so child did make parents, the decision my child so did be, not make the decision no so in okay. the scenario i'm giving you if that mom and dad take their child to a therapist to address this and the therapy doesn't make any result to it and the child says look i'm in love with this person it's who i am i'm different from everybody else i'm more mature and i understand life and I, I'm going to kill myself if you guys don't let me be in with the love of my life. Okay. Can Are I tell su- my story? Would you support In that? just a moment. In just a moment. It's that actually happened and yeah, it's not and theoretical. Sure, in just a moment. Go ahead, Alpha. So in that situation, the child's saying, listen, if you don't let me have the love that I want, I'm going to kill myself. Okay. That's a real life threatening scenario that exists. 
and it say, if you don't let me go to a fucking concert, I'm going to kill myself. I mean, you know. I, and I agree with you. That's why I'm saying our responsibility as parents is to dictate when those things are things that they need to grow through and mature through and learn through life right. instead of just of saying, course. yeah, I'm going to give your way. Of so course, what but I'm, what's so not, what I'm, but what, okay, but where your argument falls apart is you're assuming that any and everything goes into the same bucket when a kid says, this is important to me and I need to make some changes in my life. You're, you well, what I'm saying is kids into that bucket. Well, well, sometimes the they're right. And you, you can have, you can have a million kids and a million kids can have this, the same like dedication to what they feel and have for the same reasons that you're saying it's our responsibility as parents in society to lay a foundation of listen you don't know you think you know but you don't know but now what i'm saying you're acting as if i'm sitting at dinner the mom's sitting at dinner and the kid walks in and says hey two things my chemical romance is getting back together i want to go see them okay fine we'll spot you the money and also, uh, I want to transition to, a, to the opposite sex. Okay. There were years of, 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 of effort and doctors and, and psychologists and reading and the, 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 to paint this as if I'm just kind of letting my kids just be like, yeah, if I, you know, if he was born a biological male, yeah, I'm going to chop my dick off today, dad. Yeah, not a problem, pal. Here's some scissors. Make sure you put some alcohol on them first. You want know, an infection down there. Who, but what, who, what, who's what, doing that? And then, then my argument to you is you're trying to convince us. I'm not trying child to. Here's what I'm or, trying to convince okay, you of. Then, for, I don't then I'll, I'll leave the word convince out. I'll leave the word convince out. Yeah, you're I, trying to explain to us that you have a legitimate understanding that your child at a very young age had the fortitude to make a decision of what they were going to do with the rest the of their life. He did so then, not. So then how can you as a parent make that decision knowing I don't know if this is your first child or if you're an uncle or if you've not had my, other family. I'm an uncle since I was seven and it's not my okay. first child. Okay. So then knowing that being an uncle, you've seen your niece or your nephew go through life and probably have 20 different things that they want to change. So if you know that child, children go through this, yeah. why wouldn't you just say, hey, listen, you want to be a tomboy? You want to do this? You want to go through this? You're going to do it, but not try to reinforce something that you know goes against the natural. I don't believe in the natural. Exactly. Thank you. The fact that's that we're talking, it. the that's fact it. that we're having a conversation, yeah. the fact that we're having a conversation. Blatantly disagree with evolution. The fact that we're having a conversation. basing your decisions in reality. You're basing your decisions on your feelings. Right. And that is the reason I, why this is 100% okay. wrong. Okay, wow. listen, listen. Can we just get to the maybe the end of this? Guys. Yeah, so here's what we're going to do. We're, David... Love you, I, I but like, you hold on, hold on, for a moment. hold on. You okay? You got to get off YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I would like to see Monica for a moment. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. And then the next person I want to go to is someone who says that they have, um, oh, and I see your, uh, I see your profile picture. Uh, I want to go to Reality Girl as soon as you ask ask me this question, and I know right. I'm not going to answer it to your liking, but I will absolutely it's, it's entertain not, your question. Go okay, ahead. Thank you. I appreciate that. Sure. It, look, everybody. The thing we I think that we have to be able to acknowledge, whoever it is, if it's Alpha or Gabs or that other the, the psychiatrist or psychologist called in. Okay. We all clearly are, or most of us are decent people. We think we're decent people. I think we are. We all want the best for our kids. We're not morons. We all take our knowledge from different places. You take it from religion. I take it from therapy. I take it from science, whatever. But, you know, 
wouldn't a law that basically said, look, we're never, look, I, I don't agree with the Supreme Court's current thought that we should overturn abortion. I'm sure you do. But that's the way it is. We're not always going to get what we want. That's what it is to live in a republic. Okay. And if we don't want to do that, that then sure, let's go to war. But assuming we're all good with America and we're good with sort of a democracy slash republic, don't you think a law that just basically said, look, there's got to be an amount of time before an underage kid above a certain age, not like an eight-year-old, is allowed to go through this process if these checkboxes have been ticked. Because no. if you don't do that, then all you're doing is saying your way is right, everyone else's way, no matter how learned, no matter how researched, no matter how much experience they have, is wrong and just tough, tough shit. I mean, is that what you're really we, advocating? We let, we let, in Europe, in Europe, they allow I'm children asking to Monica, younger, I can't do They allow children to drink at younger ages. That's true. We don't. Right. We say, we say, this is our, this is our decision. Mm -hmm. We allow, we allow people to drink at 21 because we have made the determination that this is the place that we want to, that we want okay. to uh, stop. Okay. I understand. So, I understand different countries have different you know. laws. Okay. What's the point? The so, point is, is that. Under no circumstances am I ever going to vote for any law that says a parent can mutilate their children under 18. I'm just not okay, kidding. I appreciate what you're saying. I hear that. And I and I think under no circumstances should you ever be forced to do that to your child. But you want to have the option. And you don't have to vote for it. currently you have, have the option because you've apparently yep. taken that route, right? You no, I would actually vote. go as far as to actually, I would go as far to say, I would go as far to say that we that? already have these laws in place. It is illegal to mutilate children as they've done in Africa for fucking centuries. Okay. okay? Hold, hold on one second. It, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Everybody calm down. I, I hear the passion. I'm, oh it's okay. We have a conversation this way. Okay. So now David, you've been slightly provocative and we're going to have to let Gabs go in just a moment. But uh, as I said, I don't think you're going to be satisfied in this forum and that's okay. And I yeah, have answered your questions and I think that you have made decisions for your but, daughter to transfer. But you don't agree with the law. To that's all. That's my question. You haven't answered. If, if I said we're never going to agree on it, but let's be okay with that. Let's make a law that says we meet in the middle that says, look, there's gotta be a year and a half of, of, of all this therapy and doctors and all that. No. Is that good enough to no. satisfy G David, for, a, for David, a child? Oh my God. I'm sorry. Monica, I'm muted. I'm muted. I'm muted. Everyone. I'm going to answer your question, David. Um, I do not believe, I, I believe science is very clear about when our anatomical brains actually reach a point where we can make cogent decisions for ourselves regarding our health. Now I'm not implying that someone should wait until they're 25. Although this is a pretty serious and yes, irreversible. If you go through with the complete transition, it is, irre it is irreversible. Um, I would say you're asking me a very simple question and here's my simple answer. I do not believe anyone below the age of 18. I would even go so far as to say 21, but we all know the adult age, right, is 18. I do not think that anyone below the age of 18 should be subjected to medical mutilation, and that's how I see it, whether the parent decides to do it or not. So I think I've answered your questions, and I will be more than happy to send you information, and I know Gabs will as well, but I want you to leave this space, and I want you to make a commitment 
to to me and to yourself and to your daughter, who is now your son, and to other people in the community who need to have healthy conversations around this in debate because it is extremely inflammatory and there's a lot of confusion and that's very deliberate, again, spiritually speaking. But I do want you, I'm going to ask you to make a commitment that you're not going to leave this space offended or thinking that Christian people are nuts and we think everyone is a bunch of demons. I would really hope that you would take that out of your vocabulary, okay? Because that's not my heart and you would be absolutely misrepresenting the spirit of this show and my guests and people in this space who just simply disagree with you. And we want to have the liberty of protecting our children from going to a public school or private school environment and being taught something outside of the curriculum of their home life based on sociological constructs that I believe have very fundamental geopolitical underpinnings. That is not lizard people speak. That is not chemtrail speak. That is a very pragmatic friends in DOD world, a military industrial complex speak that this is uh, very much so a movement with a very deliberative underpinning. So that is not to slight your suffering or your daughter's suffering um, and, and what could more than likely be some suffering to come. Um, and I, I do thank you so much for having the courage to come into this space and really express your heart and, um, and, and give you know your hard-won and fought-for opinions. But I think I have uh, concluded my um my question and answer time with you and i do hope that that helps you i do want to go over to reality girl though because i think um, she's going to have a lot to add to this conversation so thank you again and i'm going to move you down um from speaker position and you are welcome to remain in this space reality girl go ahead hi there hi so i'm a person who well i'm 44 now when i was 40 i became can you hear me? Yeah, you're breaking up just a little bit, kind of robotic. It's probably, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I have okay. to... So I was convinced that I was trans for about two years when I turned 40, and I went and got on testosterone for about eight months, and then it was on and off. And then I realized I went looking for the scientific proof to convince myself that this could be real, Okay. and I found it lacking. And so I finally admitted to myself, like, this isn't going to be the thing for me, because I can't find evidence that it's real. And um, around the time I gave up, my thinking announced that she's trans. And she had um, an annual physical that was already scheduled like the same week. And the doctor, who was my doctor, said, oh, well, I'm fine with putting you on testosterone right away. Because, you know, we just get mom on board. So that was a 15-minute consultation where she asked my daughter if she played with more trucks or dolls when she was little, if she played with more boys or girls when she was little, Mm -hmm. and things of that nature. And and after 15 minutes, she was comfortable putting her on testosterone. And of course, I objected because I'd already done a ton of research. Right. And my feeling is the long-term health eventualities, I don't even think they're risks. I think it's like definitely going to screw up your body is not worth it. Um, and I didn't feel that I could, because I was the one that was supposed to sign the informed consent form on her behalf. Okay. And I said, well, that's completely unethical, because I know for one thing, she's not informed. 
Um, none of us are fully informed because they don't even know all of the things that can happen. I mean, I know people personally who have had things go wrong that were not on that form. Um, sure. I know of one woman who the testosterone gives you more red blood cells and it makes your capillaries and things. Sick. So she actually became like, she lost vision yeah. in her eye. She has like blind spots from the capillaries expanding and contracting. I mean, yeah, there's like serious shit that we don't even know. And That's I right. A lot of women who have uterine which you know, it becomes like a chronic pain issue where they can't walk. I mean, right. So these are the things that I was like, I don't want that for my daughter's future. Never not on behalf of a minor. I think it's fucking crazy. How old was your daughter and when she was put on testosterone? She wasn't. I never signed the. Oh, the she never did it. Okay. Okay. No, but it caused a huge battle in our family. She right. He's with me, and the doctor set it up. The second thing I wanted to just briefly talk about was grooming, because I do believe my daughter was groomed online and at school, and what that can look like. Because it's not a teacher going. I don't. It's more like special and when she did come out of her everything changed at the school she she can now dictate to the administrators like what's going to happen they elevated her social status and that is a form of grooming and also mm -hmm. they asked mm -hmm. at the doctor's office like they i think they saw um because she had come out as a lesbian when she was like 13 and by the way i'm an atheist and like i'm bi totally for being uh oh, you're breaking up on us again. Wait, who, who, who's an atheist and who's bi? You? Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Like, you're first. just you're breaking up. That's why I'm I'm trying to clarify. Okay. All right. Go ahead. I'm trying to keep yeah. up. So she had she had come out as a lesbian younger, and I was like, well, all right, whatever. You're 13, so you probably don't really know, but I have no problem with that. Um, and she got beat up at school for being a lesbian. Okay. And it was like that summer she decided she was trans. Right. And nobody at the school did shit when she got beat up for being a lesbian. But now that she's trans, she's untouchable. You know, she had a job at a theater company and that was like elevated and everyone suddenly knew who she was and she became very popular. And that's grooming. Yes. Well, how many times yeah. did David use like the term popular to describe popular. what? Yeah. <laughs> so, yes. OK. Popular. Yeah. I mean, he. I mean, a lot of those things, a lot of those things that that he you know that he said were all you know things that i recognize as grooming but i recognize right. as being as undeniable being, that know, there's books out there now that are are grooming kids you know sure. like they think yes. it's, this is a magical special thing for you to do and if you do it you get attention grooming and this is i mean so this is why i started writing all of these steps this is why i started writing all of the steps of deprogramming my daughter right. because well for one thing even before i even started writing the steps down and in tweeting about the steps and in the different phases and the different parts because there's a lot but even before i did that even before i did any of this with my own daughter i recognized that there was an addiction component and I recognized that there was a that there was a social contagion component. So I went back and I started looking at different aspects of cult behavior and and um, cult tactics. Um, I I had really gotten back into looking at religious 
cult tactics, like like in as in um, established religions, right? Okay, because because the LGBT community has already had already been established, and we were already seeing a religious like takeover of it. We were seeing a religious like um, adherence to its to its tenets, right? So I, I went back and I looked at at established religious um, cult. Uh, deprogramming and 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 recapturing from those by other members of the group. So so it was a lot of um, uh, Warren Jeffs family members and it, and and Megan Phelps. Those those were the primary um, inspirations for some of the some of the decisions and the tactics that I applied to my daughter to recapture her because. You know, we these all of these aspects that we're talking about, all of these things that that we're looking at ha- that are happening on a mass scale in this in this um, in these trends, they were all all part of some other thing that had already been that we already had enough information on that could easily transfer. So so the the social media the social media addiction could easily be um be uh, uh you know identified and remedied in the same way that gambling addiction is right which i saw you know and other people said well why don't you why didn't you compare it to smoking because smoking has a tangible aspect it, it has cigarettes and it has a, a a chemical addiction right so and and you can't compare it to any you know you can't talk about a social contagion to a to a, a middle schooler because they're not going to understand that. But you can explain something like a gambling addiction or a video game addiction because it has a lot of those same it has a lot of those same um, draws to it, right? The things that make it addictive, all of the cool noises, all of the fun, getting dressed up to go out and do, and all of the the environment that you surround yourself in. You know, those things can be can be can, are easily transferable. And as it was with the um, with the um, the cult uh, the cult aspect, being able to being able to explain some of these things and being able to give examples to my daughter of how this happens and where it goes and did you experience this and is this something that sounds familiar to you and then she be able and and and, and you know observing her behaviors and saying okay now think about what you're feeling right now this is when you would go and get on social media so you could feel better. But let's go outside instead. And 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 then and and then there were other aspects, there were other things that I was able to um I was able to open up in my daughter's mind. But it had but, but all of these things were predicated on reality. Right. And you have to observe that in order to make this work i had to de- i had to um make sure that she was completely and totally off of social media and that she had already gone through the detox process so that she could hear me without the addicted mind 
Those are all aspects. Those are all things that if parents don't recognize those things, then you're not going to be able to reach that child. You're not going to be able to reach the cult member because they're still tied up in it. If you go back and you look at somebody like uh, some of these people, uh, like some of the cult members from the Manson family, they will tell you the exact same thing. Those women, they got, they, once they got away from it and away from each other, right. And we're able to be put into something like a semblance of a normal reality. Right. They were able to separate themselves and their way of thinking and recognize how they got there and what they were feeling and what they were getting from this cult to keep them in, in to keep them captured. But with that, I got to go. Hey, man, girl. Okay. Uh, Gabs. So tell people where they can reach out to you because I still have my podcast rolling over here four hours and 11 minutes later. Uh, yeah. Where can people find you who want more information about not only what's coming up Sunday, but just about this entire subject in its entirety? Right. Well, you can find me. I'm actually in the, um, I'm actually in the, um, the No Left Turn in Education New York Facebook page. You can find me in there. There's a, uh, there's a flyer in there. So you can register for um, Sunday for our um, Stop the Indoctrination protest on Sunday in New York City. You can find me on Twitter, uh, True Social, and Getter at Gabs Clark 5. And you can also... Please, 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 for heaven's sakes, support us because we do do this full time as a full time job. And we do do this um, with absolutely zero pay. So um, please go to Gibson, go support the Clarks and make a donation. Um, anything will help because this is important work. At some point, I really do want to be able to get everything that I did for my daughter in a book so that it could at least give parents a Amen. blueprint as to how to get this out. But I don't want to start writing a book now. So give <laughs> and go support the clock uh, <laughs> and go and, and meet me. And you on know, Twitter. you're going to have to self-publish, right? Or, or get her. <laughs> hey, look, right. I, I'm probably going to have to self-publish. Yes. So, you know, <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking your in. Entire day to be here with us. Uh, it has been lively. It has been extremely informative. And you know what? Thank you for finally I got the whole story. And um, yeah, and thank you for your you know your tireless efforts and for being so passionate about it and being you know willing uh, to be transparent about it. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. You know I love you, girl. Love you too, honey. Thank you for being here. Have a good day. Good day. Bye. All right. Bye bye. Um, all right, guys. So. Um, we're still rolling in the space, although I am going to, actually, there's a few of you I do want to get on my podcast, uh, who have been waiting for a while. So I'm going to let my podcast roll for just a few minutes as well as the broadcast, which is still up on, um, YouTube. And, um, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm reading the comments over in YouTube right now. Yeah, you're not wrong. Um, okay. I thought this was a really good point that someone just messaged me. 
uh, on Twitter in my DMs. He says he took his son to a trans psychologist. This is referring to David, who was our uh, guest, who uh, was a listener in this space, who has transitioned his daughter, uh, biological daughter uh, from birth to a uh, son. And so uh, this person says he took his son to a trans psychologist or two trans psychologists, which would affirm his trans. If you suggested he take his son to a Christian counselor, he would say that is indoctrination. And that is 1,000% true. For my, I can't say that for David, but I can't, and you're probably not wrong about that, uh, but I can say that that is exactly how um, anyone who's on the opposite side of this conversation who's going to defend it uh, usually looks at people of faith, like everything that Gabs, and she's already told you that she's an atheist, so she wasn't coming at it from a spiritual span- standpoint, but just straight up like 12-step program. Esque, which is actually very God-centric, by the way, for those of you who didn't know. But um, she, it was just basic addiction annihilation 101, right? Like just starve the addiction um, and remove yourself from the environment that that feeds um, said neurotransmitter responses, right? Um, although, you know, I can imagine it probably is scary and, and actually, you know what, I went through moments of that with my own daughter where she was like, I don't know, you know, I just don't feel like getting out of the bed is life worth living. You know, it's, it's, it's legitimately like, uh, the teen years from hell. It's like you're a toddler all over again, except for you can speak. Right. And so your emotions are everywhere. Um, And it's just like with perimenopausal women. And I got to tell you all something. We have done we have done the world a great disservice just kind of making fun of menopause. Because fun fact, dudes, happy Father's Day. But you guys have andropause. Yep, go look that up. That's fun. And so you wonder why you get fat and lazy and have to take blue pills and, you know, you just have no interest in anything and y'all make fun of women for being the Sahara Desert and all the ha-ha jokes that go along with menopause. Well, the joke's on you because we all go through changes in life, including but not limited to your little babies who think they might be trans. So there, and that was kind of the point. So I can leave Jesus completely out of that conversation. Again, I am capable of having, you know, I can chew gum and think and speak and do all of that at the same time. So I can be a person of faith and be very clear about what I believe and who I believe is the absolute liberator. And that would be Jesus the Christ, who is very much so alive, right? And then I can look at science and as a hormonal woman. And my own experiences go, if you give me testosterone, I, which I have, which I have taken Yeah, and went back to my doctor and said, unless you want me to start to have sex with strangers in gas station bathrooms, you should probably never give me that again, right? Or at least not at that level. Because that's what testosterone does. It makes you a little crazy if it's a little too much, right? So hormones are no joke, none whatsoever. And that's why why I hate all these little pop-up HRT plants, or, or plants, uh, hormone replacement therapy clinics. People don't know what the hell they're doing. Loading you up with pellets in your butt that you can't get rid of for like three months at a time, 
right? Some of you guys run around wondering, well, oh my gosh, I've got my libido back and y'all are looking at the pool boy and everybody's looking good again and you're feeling good and, and life's great, right? And you're like a nymphomaniac. You can't figure out why. It's because your doctor is a is not doing you any services by, you know, not having you come back on a regular basis and monitoring you and your hormonal levels, which is nothing to play with. It's just not. We take it entirely too lightly. And so you could just break it down to a basic hormonal imbalance for some of these children, which is why a lot of us are railing against making these absolute decisions for children's lives and then shaming everyone else who doesn't want to go along with it. So that's what the whole rail is about today. Oh, my Lord, here we go. We got the bots that have come into my sexy chat over here on YouTube. Y'all are so stupid. So you're welcome. I'm glad that you've enjoyed the show over here. And yes, Gabs was fantastic. And I don't know how to get rid of these crazy bot people whenever I'm live. So, oh, here we go. We're going to block the user. See ya. So, but how gross is that? If you guys have not followed the Christopher Rufo thing, you all need to be following him for real on this conversation of what your teachers are going to learn about. And here's the thing. I don't really care how much of a freak you are. Like in your private time, shut the door, do whatever you're going to do, as long as it doesn't involve children, right? But once you start bringing that crap into this the classroom, mm -mm, no, it's game on. Conversation's over. No. And so contrary to what the FBI wants you to believe, you are still very much so in control of your children. And don't ever let anyone tell you differently. So who do we have next up here in the space? Um, I know some of you all have been so patient. Um, all right, hold on. I think, okay, we've got Cape and we have, well, Charlie Jacobs actually was next. Charlie, thank you for your patience. Sorry. I'm sorry for being impatient, but, um, <laughs> you're good. I know I was rude. I apologize. Uh, I was just getting a little, a little heated with our, with our friend David, because David's in California. I'm in California and our stories are parallel. Um, except I chose a different path. Okay. Um, so my background is, is that I'm an attorney and now I'm an activist and I, and I know, um, I know Jay Thomas. Hi, hey, Jay Thomas. Um, uh, and I've actually protested with her, but here in California, um, it's impossible to find any type of medical professional who will not affirm your child, affirm their identity as being trans. Not one. So I was given, I was told that my daughter would commit suicide if I didn't call her by a male name. I mean, yada, yada, yada. Would I rather have a, uh, a, a dead um, daughter or a live son? I mean, just a hard push. Um, you know, teachers pushing it. I had CPS come to my home. So we talk about um, unfairness to parents. Um, you know, it's, it's in every state. Uh, so you lose your kids if you don't affirm in a blue state and you can be jailed in a red state if you do affirm. Right. And I feel bad for those parents. I, I feel right. actually really bad for David because you have to be, you know, a total badass to hold the line. You have to fight against everyone. And you are the lone soldier fighting. You're fighting against the doctors. You're fighting against the teachers. You're fighting against the therapists, the politicians, uh, the social workers, CPS. You're fighting 
against everyone because you know in your heart and you know in your mind that no one is born in the wrong body. It's a physical impossibility. There are no such thing as trans kids. I, I mean, you may not have done the two years of research that I've done on this, but there mm -hmm. is no such thing as a trans child. And to say that to me is really an awful, terrible thing to tell a child that there is something wrong with them because they have different likes than their, you know, than their stereotypical, uh, you know, gender. That's a horrible thing. Girls should be able to play with whatever they want to play with. Sure. I, I'm a tomboy. I would have been trans. I know, um, right? I, I was I like, like, thank boys. God. I was out climbing trees. Thank God this crap wasn't Me floating too. around when I was a kid because I was all kinds Me? of a tomboy. Yeah. Yeah. And we all hate, I mean, let's be real. No girl likes puberty. <laughs> we get boobs. Totally we don't does. want them because men are looking at us and it's, we're uncomfortable. <laughs> right. We get our periods and nobody's like doing a happy dance. Right. Um, and so, it, you know, it takes a little time for these girls to get used to the fact that this is, you know, it's not, it's distressing early on, but you get used to the fact that you have a period. You just get, you get used to the fact that dopey guys are going to, you know, check out your body and your butt. And, you know, you, you kind of grow into your own. And if you're not given the time to accept your body as your body, you end up messing yourself up. Yeah. And, I mean, the number of detransitioners that are out there now, shoot, I've been, I've been tracking it for a year. It went from 19,000 on Reddit. And, you know, I know that Reddit's not perfect, um, up to 30,000. That's in one year. And, you know, the school indoctrination, I mean, again, I'm in California. I'm an activist. People send me their curricula from their schools. It's in kindergarten. I have audio of teachers saying that they are doing this behind parents' backs. They're doing read-alouds of I am jazz so that parents don't know. So it's just a bunch of BS to say that these teachers are not indoctrinating or grooming our kids. That's right. They are. And I run a parent group. I run a parent group in California. I have 80 people in my group. Wow. Not one of them, not one of the parents was told about these transitioners. Not one of the parents was given an option other than to medicalize their child. There are a number of parents in my group that had CPS show up at their house because they wouldn't adopt the delusion that their child is the other sex. It's horrible. Pornography pushes these kids into it. The beacon that, that my daughter set up, I mean, it's a beacon. When my daughter put on her profile, okay. FTM, mm -hmm. 30,000 followers started following her. 30,000. Wow. It's wow. And talk it's about a, a high for a kid. I mean, oh, oh yeah. Yeah. And they be, uh, they become special. I mean, my daughter was the most popular kid in her class then because she's the trans kid. Everybody wants the, you know, everybody wants the friend of the trans kid. All the teachers, they're untouchable. Yep. She doesn't turn an assignment in. Doesn't, doesn't get, you know, doesn't get docs points because nobody wants to, you know, mess with the, 
with the special. She's a special. Right. Right. Um, so, you know, I feel so, I wish David was on here. I'm going to reach out to him. I feel so badly for these parents that have been mainlined yep. this BS. Right. Because, man, you know, the guilt and the horror that they're going to feel later in life. I mean, him saying so flippantly, we'll deal with it if she changes her mind. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not changing your mind on whether you're going to pierce your nose or not. Right. This is taking away the ability to procreate, to hold a baby up to your chest and right. nurse. I mean, it's. Yeah. It's well, he so, said, I'm no, so that won't sad. happen. She still has a womb. And so that's why I was like, well, well, she still has a uterus. And so I thought, well, how far have you, again, without and all of this, can I just say something, you guys? All of this feels so icky to me because we're dealing with children. And she's only 16. And, she, and to me, she's still a she. I'm sorry. But I, she's only 16. And so it's like, man, I would be mortified if some if my parent was in a giant group with and thousands, tens of thousands of people, if not a hundred thousand, will hear this podcast. And so it's like it it it, it makes me feel ugh, just weird talking about children and their and their sexual organs and their reproductive organs. And does she take pills? And is she this? And does she have a what? I mean, I don't even know how all of that works. Uh, you know, and I'm I'm dealing with the ideological construct of of the suffering that you're talking about. And you're right. I mean, my heart, again, with, with someone, you know, like David is just like, yikes. It's not like piercing your nose. You're right. In it's serious. She's on testosterone. Even if she still has uterus, it's probably going to need to be removed. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they atrophy and they don't even know what the long-term effects are. Right. And for the, for the last two years, I mean, I'm sorry, Monica, I know you said 18. I mean, this is the science. I wish it was 25, but okay, yeah, go ahead. Right. <laughs> but, this, but, this, but this is the science. Okay. So the frontal lobe does not mature on average until 25. It matures later for kids with ASD. And, and there's a lot of kids on the spectrum that are trans. There's a huge percentage. So let's just say 25 for the point of this conversation. There, there are no studies, and I've been looking for a really long time, and I, I come from a family of doctors um, and some who work in, you know, really high positions. There are no studies that show that there's a carve-out for identity, that that somehow matures sooner than every other aspect of that frontal lobe. None. And yeah. And... And they're letting children make these decisions because David didn't make that decision for his daughter. His daughter made that decision. His daughter pushed it. And and whether he signed the consent form or, or not, right. that was the kid saying, this is what I need to make myself feel better. Right. And, you know, and it's a, it's a dirty, nasty um, it's a dirty, nasty drug because, you know, step one is, step one is social transition and, and people who think that it's not a big deal to call your child by the wrong name or pronoun, you're concretizing a fantasy and a delusion in these kids' minds. Right. Teachers are doing it and if everybody's doing it, this kid is going to grow up believing that they can change sex. Just like you call a fat kid fat. Yeah. 
when they're little, they grow up always feeling they're fat. Yep. Never change. Right. So like step one, then step two, right? Step two is the, is the testosterone or the puberty blockers. And, and there's a euphoria period. These kids are, they, they are happy. I don't disbelieve David that right. his child is suddenly happy. Right. Yeah. But it's never enough because that mental illness never gets addressed. So then you have to start chopping off body parts. You have to go one step further and further. And then when you're done at the end of the day and you figure out, oh my gosh, I'm still not okay. Right. Then reality hits. Right. And it's, a, and it's, you know, there's no reason for this. There's just the body dysmorphia is not, you know, I, I don't know if you guys know what body dysmorphia is. It's like when you think you shouldn't have a limb or you shouldn't have, you shouldn't be able to see. Those studies say that if you go ahead and cut the leg off, you know, the offending leg, it doesn't cure them. It doesn't cure them. They have to go back for more. Right. This is a mental illness being addressed by medicalization. And it's, um, you know, there's money. This, this is worse than the opioid crisis because there's money. Sure. There's sex. There's misogyny. There's homophobia. And where are all the young lesbians? They're gone. Right. They're, they're gone. Um, I mean, I don't know why mainstream media, and I'm a Democrat of a, for a very long time. Okay. So I come from this, not from a God standpoint, yeah. not from a you know right-wing standpoint. I'm a, you know, I, I guess I'm a Democrat. I don't know what I call myself <laughs> now. Um, You're a political agnostic. Okay. Yeah, yes. totally. <laughs> I mean, I, and I hold hands, I'll tell you, again, I, the w- silver lining, and then I'll stop talking. But the silver lining on this, and I think you started with this with Monica when I got on, this I think is really true, is the silver lining is hopefully this issue because it's a common thread that runs through all parents. We want our children to grow up happy and healthy right. and hopefully with all their body parts. Right. Um, yeah. But, you know, it, it, I hold hands with lesbians, evangelicalists, uh, rad feminists, um, you, you know, uh, Republicans, Democrats, independents. We are all in this fight together. Right. And it, you know, that's the silver lining is that we're maybe going to move away from the team A and team B. Yep. And, and maybe be a country again, again, that's united um, on one issue, at least, if not more. Sure. But we all have, we all have to, we all have to be raising, raising the flag at the same time. We all have to be screaming at the same time. So anybody who's out there that's listening, look me up. You want to join my site? I'm, I'm in here for the long haul. My daughter luckily has this biscuit. She's happy as a girl now because I fought my ass off for her. Amen. How do people find you? Um, you can find me on this uh, uh, through Twitter. Okay. Um, and, and your you handle also- is Charlie Jacobs. Well, it's actually at Helpless Ma. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Or, or you can go to um, Charlie Jacobs at Proton Mail. Excellent. Okay. 
Thanks, thanks Good so much stuff. For me, thank I, you. I no, not at all. And thank you so much for being patient, hanging in there. That was great. Excellent, excellent information. And you guys, I, I would say, and thank you for fighting for your baby. Um, I, I hope what you take away from this exhaustive conversation is um, exactly what she said. Right? That's why I've been holding these world record uh, spaces slash shows. Um, because I am very cognizant of the fact that there are more of us than there are of them on any given issue that we are contending with right now in this country, whether that is a quote race conversation. And you all know, I believe there's only one race. So if it's an, you know, cultural, uh, an ethno-cultural conversation and differences that we're having, um, come to the table and let's chat. And we did for over eight hours just the other day. Um, and that was a very informative conversation. I don't have to agree with everybody in there and they darn sure don't agree with me. Um, but we do have common ground, which is really cool. Uh, and, and, and it's very powerful. Because again, as I said, she just stated, you know, the enemy of your enemy is your friend. So what they, the boogeyman they want us to do is to stay completely. We People say this is kind of tropey speak, right? They want us to be divided and we're stronger together. And, you know, all these hashtags and memes that we've created. Thank you, MIC. But um, DARPA more specifically, the meme program have basically killed us all. So it, we've just critical thinking just like out the window. So if we put a meme up, we're like, oh, we're in the fight. <laughs> Not really. I wonder if you've got women like that in Gabs who are out here really legitimately and Jay Thomas fighting the fight to really educate people. I love the fact that I had no idea what the hell a radical feminist was until today. You probably didn't either, unless you're one of them. Uh, and so I'm like, okay, well, I think we found some kind. And we were able to joke about, okay, fun fact, you don't like the fact that men are more <laughs> physically, quote, stronger and superior in some ways and strength, okay. But you want them to come and protect you and for free. I just think all of that's kind of funny, and she actually laughed. Nobody's in here biting at each other, right? And so I just think our kids, are, and I keep telling you this, and I'm so glad these Democrat women who are are, are self-professed radical liberal, uh, not liberals, radical uh, feminists are in here saying, no, 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 we want to defend the kids too. You heard from a lesbian earlier on in this conversation. We want to defend the kids too, because I'm really tired of people being lumped into these silos and then other people who are just not going to take the time to go outside of their respective silo to have these conversations and engage in a 24,000 hour space on Twitter and podcast. They're going to lump everybody into the same bucket. And I've been saying for months, please quit saying that all Democrats are in favor of genitalia, uh, genitalia mutilation, because that is not true. And you hear them here today for yourself with your own little ears. And that's really important. It is important to the fabric of this country and for us to continue to stand. In my humble opinion, that's the only reason why we are having uh, these conversations. And I'm really glad that you guys are still engaged. Now, I do want to go to someone um, that, okay, hold on one second. All right, Alpha, I know you have something you want to add. And then I definitely want to go to Bill, uh, Billboard Chris, Bill, to Chris, because I know, Chris, you're definitely fighting the fight. Uh, and so I want to go to you as well. So, but Alpha, go for it. 
Yeah, more had a, a question for for Amy or even the lady who was speaking before. Has anybody done um, or gathered the, the statistics? Sorry, statistics on kids that turn trans that were raised in just homeschooling. So not parents that identified a problem with their kid and then pulled them from school, went to homeschooling, but just general kids that have been in homeschooling all their life. Because I would wager that if you were to go and do an analysis of that information, you would probably find a very minimal amount or maybe even none. Because I think this is very cultural influence through our schools and some of the stuff that they're exposed to our schools. So I'd be very curious if any of them have researched that. And if they haven't, it'd be some great information to provide to us because it would support the argument that there is an indoctrination that's taking place at our schools. Absolutely. Reality Girl, do you want to answer that? Uh, well, sort of. I mean, I have done a lot of, I guess, anecdotal gathering because I wanted to see if, like, I needed how much I have to blame myself as a parent, right? But what I've discovered in the parent groups is that there's all kinds of different families um, so it's really, um, even if they're not in the public school, if they have the internet, they're probably going to find it. Um, there's probably less in the homeschool community, maybe, but I did homeschool for a while and there's all kinds of families. It was kind of cool. Like we had all kinds of different families that homeschooled too. So you might very well encounter parents with trans kids in the homeschool community um, just because there's all types of people. Um, and like I said, it was all kinds of families that this was happening to. I, ha- I met all different kinds of families. Um, all different kinds of parents, all different kinds of situations that had kids coming out with this. There's there's homeschooling families that that it does happen to, but that's typically because they're 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 already they were already part of it. They were already very progressive. You know what I mean in their yeah. thinking anyway. Um, so you know, and there are I mean there are um, homeschooling families that that. I mean, I did actually speak with a homeschooling family, never, never went to school ever. And the son did transition where, you know, he's, he's wanting to transition. Um, but that's, you know, that, like you said, the social media aspect of all of this is just, it's, it's addictive and it's too, um, it's, it's too involved. You know what I mean? And if you, at the very least, for every parent who is listening to any of this, at the very least, get that social media aspect away from your children, even if that means that you have to take their phone. Because I can guarantee you, I can guarantee you, you will be, you, all of you will be happier. All of you will be happier without that in your life. Yeah, I I'm into that. Agree with oh sorry no go ahead go ahead uh i was gonna agree with gabs um it, it's it's ultimately everywhere um i'm sorry to tell you alpha i do know parents who homeschool their kids who have also had kids capture i do i'm i'm guessing i don't think there is research on it and it would be great to see i'm guessing it's less but unfortunately um if your kid has access to social media if your kid watches television, if your kid watches movies, if your kid sees advertisements or commercials, um, this is everywhere. It's in it's in um, the fashion industry. It's in Hollywood. Um, it's on cereal boxes. You know, if you go to the right. grocery store and you walk down the cereal aisle, this this is on kids' cereal boxes. So, uh, unfortunately, the the sort of um, cultural propaganda is everywhere and it is very hard uh, to 
shield your kid from the influences that are out there right now. That being said, though, if even if all that stuff existed and then they went to school and everyone at the school goes, well, we can't call you another name because your legal name is this and it would be ridiculous for us to call you. So, you know, if the schools weren't also cheerleading it, that would make a huge difference. The fact huge. that they are legitimizing it is so crazy. Yep. Agreed. Well, well, and, and let me chime in too, um, because, okay, so there are homeschoolers that, that get captured because it's all online. So I agree with Amy. I mean, it's just out there. It's ubiquitous. Um, just caution you too. And this is really sad. Um, but Catholic schools are also doing this. And I know this firsthand because my kids yep. now go to my kids now go to Catholic schools. Um, so they have trans day of visibility. Um, I had a priest, Catholic priest, tell me my daughter would commit suicide if I didn't trans her. I mean, it's everywhere. Wow. Private schools, um, sixty thousand dollar a year private schools. Oh yeah, they're they're captured too. So I mean, the only way to really fight this for parents. Is to, is to be the indoctrinator yourself. Indoctrinate your kids into reality. Right. And you have to repeat it and repeat it and repeat it. Because you have to be bigger than, than what's going on out in, the, out in this world. Right. And the only other way is, I'm a lawyer. Let's start suing, guys. Amen, honey. I've been saying hashtag lawfare for the past year and a half. So, yes, I'm all about it. I agree, because that's what they do. I mean, they come after you with the law. Um, so you may as well utilize the law to your benefit. Um, it is a mess. And I think, I'm glad you said that. Good plug. <laughs> I would love to sue my kids' school. And I made, I don't know, maybe five or six phone calls to different lawyers in my area and Try to explain my story to receptionists and they'd be like, okay, well, we think maybe, you know, the lawyer will want to deal with this, but I never get any callbacks. And one receptionist was actually really hostile to me. She was like, obviously thought I was a transphobic dirtbag, but so I had no luck. Well, send, 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 yeah, yeah, DM me um, because the lawyers are now waking up to this. I mean, they're going to make a lot of money off of this. They're in it for, for other reasons, right, but right. the lawsuits are happening. And, and the problem, why, why the lawsuits took so long to happen is because parents were handcuffed. Uh, nobody wanted to reveal their real identity. And I understand that. Um, my real identity isn't always out there when it comes to my kid because the story is just horrible. You know, you don't want right. your minor child yeah. being exposed to this. But we need parents who are able to sue in their real name. Um, there's a lawsuit in California. There's three in Wisconsin, four now in Wisconsin, one in Massachusetts. I mean, we just need them to all be going. Um, and there's success. So far, there's been some pretty successful ones. Um, what are they suing on the grounds? That, like, what, is, what does that suit look like? Well, the cu there's a couple different suits. Okay. So there's, the, for the kids in school, the biggest suits are the name and the pronoun and indoctrination of the kids it's indoctrination like that i okay. mean when you're talking about and and so that's something that we have also been working on too so yeah the, so okay. if you follow if you follow me and you dm me that's what i've been doing for the last month okay telling parents you can sue you can yeah. sue just based on one survey you get one survey or you can, or you can, or you can, um, uh, FOIA request or FERPA request. 
your kids' uh, uh, educational records, including including their transition plan. Now, and that is right there. That alone right there is enough to sue and win. And you don't even have to go all the way. They'll, they'll give you a settlement in a month. That's your down payment on your new house. You know you need it. And so, you know, you don't have to wait. Right, and and, and we we have to keep – no, and you've got to keep filing them because school boards school boards don't have enough money to manage lawsuits. Like, that's the that's the biggest spend uh, for, for school boards is, is lawsuits. So we've mm-hmm. got to just sue the pants off of them. There's – you know, the, the, the school counselors are now counseling um, kids to transition, and I have receipts. For it, I have actual documentation showing this. The uh, the other thing, which which everybody listening, I think this is fantastic. I love that the AAP just came out and said that kids who socially transition persist in their trans identity. And eleven studies that show if you don't socially transition the child they will desist. So now it's proven that social transition is a medical treatment. So we have teachers who are socially transitioning kids. Yep. They are they are performing medical treatment. Let's go after them. Let's Amen. go after them. And and I feel I mean I, I have to just defend the teachers just a little bit even though I don't like them. But um <sighs> I mean, these teachers are only hearing one side. They are inundated with the trans radical activists telling them that if they don't create safe spaces for these kids, they're going to be mass suicides and drug addicts and become sex workers. And these teachers don't get the other side of it because mainstream media won't publicize about anything anti-trans. Right. So everything the teachers hear is, this is for the good of the children. This is for the good of the children. And they believe it. Sure. And so I, I, there's a little bit of sympathy for, for them because they're kind of cro- caught in the crosshairs. I mean, they're not going to go look at all the studies that, that we look at. They're not going to read all the things that we're, we're reading. They don't know about the detransitioners. Um, but, yeah, we, need to, but we still need to go after them and hold these public schools to account right now in California, they're changing a biology book to say that there's a biology book, an AP biology book, that there is a gender identity and that there's more than two sexes. Based on? Based on, I don't know, some trans radical activist who says <laughs> that intersex is a third gender. How are they uh, arguing and against? I've talked, I've talked to intersex. I've talked to intersex people, even in these spaces, who have really, really come unglued when they have to when they have to hear TRAs telling them about you know about something they know nothing about. Like, can you imagine being an intersex girl who is a, who is a girl having some having some TRA telling the whole world, well, what about intersex? They're not girls. They're not women. What about them? Are you kidding me right now? I mean, they're making a mockery of those women's real issues over their kink. 
because they want the whole world to participate in their little freak show. That's crap. I can't even keep up with all this. I'm not going to lie. I'm just like, I'm like like acronymed to death. (laughs) You have to learn a whole new language, Monica. This is why I started hanging out with Amy and with with, uh, Jay Thomas and with some of the other um, rad fems who are really, and look, we don't have a whole lot in common. Okay, outside of this issue. But this listen, is pretty big. Listening to, yes, yeah. listening to Billboard Chris, going to all of these places and looking at what's really going on. Because when it was happening to my daughter, I had no support because I did not know any of them. Right. I had to do this on my own and figure it out on my own. Right. And then when we come to this place and we get to this space and we say, uh, well, we know from our experience and we know from the trends we're seeing. And then to have somebody say, well, the science says, the science says use a goddamn lie. That's what the science says. <laughs> so, you about to turn my podcast into a different uh, rating. We're not off the podcast yeah. yet. Apparently, I need to end my podcast. But before I do, I want to get to Bill because uh, I know that Bill has been a champion for many in this space, and I do want to capture him on my podcast. So let's let Bill chat, and then I'm going to disconnect y'all. Uh, in your potty mouth from my podcast audience. Okay, so go ahead, Bill. Welcome. Thanks. And I behave myself with my language. <laughs> I'm just teasing you guys. Love you. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what. Uh, I don't know what you guys have all covered. All We've covered literally everything, I think. But go ahead. Tell it. Tell us your story, because my podcast world is not familiar with your story. I'm pretty sure. Okay. So I'm a dad, two girls, they're 10 to 12 years old now, and since September of 2020, first thing I did was I uh, put up some billboards across North America that said, I love J.K. Rowling, the Harry Potter author. I put one up in my home city of Vancouver, B.C., and it lasted a day because a Vancouver politician said it was hate speech. It's got a big red heart on it, but um, they took it down. Mm-hmm. So that went a bit viral and there was a lot of outrage and I leveraged that outrage into a nifty little fundraising campaign and put up billboards in San Francisco, LA, Portland, also in Utah, Washington, DC, and the Metro Times Square. And then because Canada is so insane, we're really the epicenter for this, I think, across the whole world. And where I'm from on the West Coast, it's the worst of all. We have no conservative media. We have no way of reaching parents with the truth. And... Just because I'm a dad of girls, and it's primarily girls that are being affected by this transgender craze. I became concerned, and I learned too much. I learned all about this medical abuse going on, and I didn't want to look back at my life in 40 years and say I knew about all this stuff going on. I knew tens of thousands of kids were getting sterilized and harmed by a cult that has penetrated our entire infrastructure. So they took down my billboard, but they can't take a sign off my back. So I had some signs made that I wear like a sandwich board. I'm a human sandwich board out there. And I went outside and I started having conversations with people one at a time, having faith that through one conversation at a time, I could reach parents and the word would spread. And that if I never stopped and just kept going out there, taking all the abuse and the attacks and the arrests and the assaults and the broken arms and everything I've endured, I knew that this would have no other option but to grow into something and it's working. So most of my efforts now, because Canada is, kind of a lost cause right now. None of the politicians, none of the conservative politicians, nobody will do anything to change this. I've done everything I possibly can up here and I get way more support. There are way more people taking action down in the great United States of America. So that's 
I travel around and I do podcasts and all that sort of stuff, but I just keep going outside onto the streets. And in the last three or four weeks, I've been in New Jersey, Philadelphia. I went to Brown University. I like to go to universities because that's where this ideology is kind of at its peak. And it's primarily young women who believe in this, not the young men. There's a massive binary going on here. I get tons of abuse from the young women on these university campuses. Most of the young men, as long as they can do 20 push-ups or more, agree with my stance, which is that we shouldn't be sterilizing children. And I wear these signs that say children cannot consent to puberty blockers, or I have the definition of a dad, which is a human male who protects his kids from gender ideology. Sometimes I have a sign that says gender ideology does not belong in schools, depends where I go. But in the last week, I was just down in California. I went to West Hollywood, to the uh, gay village there with a couple people from that community, having conversations, took a bunch of heat. Guy pointed pepper spray in my face, but thankfully he didn't fire. <laughs> but yeah, it's a crazy world. And we just need to keep having conversations because as you guys have all covered, there's a ton of lies out there. These yeah. kids that are going to these gender clinics all have some other mental health comorbidity going on. I posted the link at the, in the net. The gender clinic in England is called the Tavistock, and their own numbers show that 35% of the kids had moderate to severe signs of autism. Oh, My own wow. conversations with hundreds of parents show that it's even higher than that. Mm-hmm. A lot of these kids have Asperger's that might have more mild symptoms. But we're sterilizing thousands of autistic kids. All these girls have something else going on because it's mostly girls these days. It's boys too. But there's trauma, there's depression, there's anxiety, there's abuse. There might have been sexual abuse. Who knows what's going on? But the practice in all these gender clinics is not to look into these underlying mental health comorbidities and help these kids. It's to treat gender as though it's the source of all these other problems. Right. I don't want people to listen to me. I want them to listen to the so-called experts like Laura Edwards Leeper and Dr. Erica Anderson, who are senior officials at the U.S. Professional Association for Transgender Health. They wrote an op-ed in the Washington Post recently where they admit that more than half the time these kids on their very first appointment are getting these puberty-blocking drugs with these opposite sex hormones. And together, these drugs are sterilizing kids for girls that... Do we lose you? They're cutting off the breasts of girls as young as 13 years old, mm. even 12 years old. Johanna Olsen-Kennedy, who's the top gender clinician at Children's Hospital of L.A., is on video giving a talk where they admit to cutting off the breasts of a 12-year-old girl. And she's flippant about it. She says, oh, what's the big deal? If they change their mind in the future, they can just go buy breasts. As though they're just some organ yeah. that you can replace. Yeah, the whole disembodiment campaign. Absolutely. Yeah, so this whole thing is insane. It's the biggest child abuse scandal in our lifetime. Right. And it's presented as being loving and kind. And so the number one argument that you always hear is that kids are going to kill themselves, which I know you guys have discussed. And I would encourage everyone to go to this fantastic website called statsforgender.org, enter suicide into the search bar, and you'll find everything you need to debunk that lie, because it is a lie. Uh, suicidality, suicidal ideation is higher right. amongst these kids who are struggling, just as it's higher amongst girls with anorexia or bulimia or kids who are neurodivergent or whatever. Right. But there is absolutely no epidemic of kids killing themselves because you don't let them transition. And we've existed on this planet for about 300,000 years as human beings. And guess what? Everyone got through puberty just fine without killing themselves. So <laughs> right. it's all total nonsense. The other thing, all these transactors have ever tried to do is shut down conversation because they know that if we actually have an open, honest conversation about this, 
the whole ideology falls to pieces. Sure. And I don't know who it was before, but he was absolutely right. There is no such thing as a transgender child. There are boys and girls, and they're all different. And some girls are more masculine, and some boys are more feminine, and that's just fine. We don't need to be telling them that just because they don't conform to stereotypes, which is the entirety of this ideology, that that somehow makes them not their sex. Yeah. But we're teaching kids in school now that they all have a gender identity. And if you teach them that, the next thing these kids, these little babies who still believe in Santa Claus, next thing they're going to do is try to figure out what their gender identity is. Sure. And if you look at a resource like the Genderbread Person, which is the most used resource all around the world, this cute little picture of a gingerbread man, but they call it the genderbred person so that they don't give it a gendered name. It defines your gender identity as being based on your personality, your likes and dislikes, your job, your hobbies, your roles in society, and your expectations. So Monica, if you wanted to be an engineer when you were a little girl, did that make you a boy? And if I want to work in the kitchen, does that make me a woman? Right. This is all regressive, sexist stereotypes. And if you tell people that Stereotypes are bad, and we shouldn't put these kids in these stereotypical boxes. Everyone, including trans activists, will agree. Right. But they have this blind spot. They don't see that that's exactly what they're doing. They're enforcing stereotypes to such a degree that they're convincing children that they need to change their bodies to find true happiness. Right. So thank you for letting me rant there. Absolutely. Thank you for your patience. Bill Lord Chris makes me so sick. He's so nice all the time, and everybody likes him and stuff. <laughs> He's so sweet and everything and concise with his points. And he doesn't ramble on. And... That's hilarious. I rambled a bit there, but no, no it was fine. Conversations on the street, so I've got my pitch done now. Thank you, thank you very much. I um, okay. Here's 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 what we must do. This is what I have to do. Uh, I am now at exactly five hours and six seconds. So I'm going to end my podcast. You got, and we can carry on in the space. That's fine. Um, but I'm also going to end my broadcast. So for those of you who are watching on YouTube, thank you very much for being with us all day. Uh, and for those of you in Twitter world, thank you as well. Um, contrary to what the title of this show in this space may inflame for some people. If you will actually take the time to listen to this entire conversation, um, I think what you're going, which was not uh, intended for entertainment purposes. That's not what we're doing here. Um, I am very much so an advocate for dialogue and for people who um, are willing to humble themselves to come together and actually uh, hold a conversation around things that are very important and our children uh, should be important. Sorry. I'm a new grandmother, and I'm a really ugly crier. I cannot imagine someone molesting her mind. In her spirit, to the extent that she is confused about who she is by design. That is is so much for me to contain. And I listen to these stories and I hear the fight in Gab's voice every single time we're in a Twitter space. And after hearing her full story today, it's like, that's why that is there 
because when you've gone to hell and back for your own kids, you will take on every giant in your path. And that's why these parents and attorneys and people on the left and people on the right and the atheists and the agnostics, we can all come together at least and coalesce around the fact that our children are worth the fight. And so I just want to thank you all for being here today. And it does take humility to have these conversations for all of you, for all of us, and for David as well. Um, I think David's going to have a very long road to hoe in the future. And I do not admire him for that. I do admire his desire to seek answers. And I do believe he loves his daughter. I do. Um, And I do believe that one day his eyes will be open to some truths that might be really hard. And so for you Christians watching this, I would encourage you not to judge David and not to condemn parents who have made this choice, but pray for David and his family. And pray for these educators who have very difficult jobs right now, excuse me, and administrators alike. Very important. But humility was uh, something that came to me today, actually, in my studies. And I'm going to close this out with this, but it's Philippians 2 and 3. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, which is pride, but rather in humility value others above yourself. So when people call me a radical Christian, this is for you people who have a file on me at the Department of Homeland Security or the FBI. You would be so lucky if I was a radical Christian. Because I would be able to live this daily, moment to moment. I would live in complete humility. I would live with forgiveness, right? I would live and yield to love. And yielding to love means having the courage to stand up in the face of lies and speak truth, which is exactly what I try to do on my show. And if that's offensive to you, just turn the channel. But I really admire the people who came into this space today who don't believe like me. They don't vote like me. They don't share the same sexuality as I do in the way of preferences or however they were born. But we can agree on this. So I really want to encourage you guys to share this broadcast. I am going to chop this up into little pieces for you to be able to do that. Or you can share the whole thing on Twitter. It is here in its entirety. You do not have to wait for it to become a podcast. But if there are people that you would like to share this with, I'm going to edit this because it's that important of a conversation. Send it to teachers. Send it to administrators. Send it to your clergy. Send it to people in your local government and your school boards. Use this as a point of reference for information and data points, right? And also use it to remember to just be humble when you're having these conversations with people who don't believe like you. And thank you for keeping up the good fight. Okay, until next time. Sorry about that. Maybe it's my menopausal hormones. (laughs) It's actually my heart. You guys know I love people, especially old people and kids and animals. Those are three things you don't mess with. Okay. All right. Remember, MonicaMatthews.com. Be good to your neighbor beginning in your own mirror. And if you're an American, remember to act like one. Love you guys.